0: Welcome to Mission Stories for Kids with Uncle Gordon, where you will hear first-hand accounts of answers to prayer and miracles from God. Oh, by the way, I think adults will like this too. Hi, boys and girls. It's so lovely to be able to share another story with you today, and I hope you're enjoying listening to stories through through this channel. The story I'd like to share with you is again from the man Paul the Indigenous, the Aboriginal gentleman who I talked about last time I shared a story with you. Paul dressed up and had his brother with him one day and then brought his uncle over and they dressed up in their stockman's gear. They had their riding boots on, they had their their jeans on, their riding breeches and they had their jackets that covered all their their body up and that they could wear and their big riding hats and they really looked like the real thing and they had all been drovers they'd all been jackaroos and uh, stockmen working on some of the properties but they hadn't always been that you see paul and his brother and his uncle who was only about 10 years older than them they had grown up out in the deserts of western australia Paul's uncle had decided he'd like to go and see what else there was in the world. And so he had left the deserts and he had found some other people and he had learned to become a stockman himself. And then after some years, both Paul and his brother decided they'd go together. And they were going to try and and track down their uncle and see if they could learn the kind of things he was doing, because stories had filtered back of the, of the kind of life that he was living, which sounded interesting and, and appealing to them. Of course, being out there as nomads, they didn't use clothing. Only sometimes in the wintertime, they would use the skin of animals and wrap around them for warmth, but it was only for warmth, and they didn't see the need of any kind of covering. So when they came out, all they were carrying was some spears and some hunting gear so they could hunt down uh, animals for food and also some little collecting bag, things that they had made for anything they could collect in the way of fruit or nuts or, or anything on the way that they could carry. Anyway, they eventually found their uncle. And uh, he quickly found some people who could get some clothes for them, a shirt and a jacket and then some shoes. And uh, though they didn't think they needed shoes, but they found boots that fitted them and also some good trousers. And they began to learn the art of being a stockman. And they learned how to mend the fences. They learned how to read the cattle. They learned how to ride the horses, to care for the horse, to feed the horse. And they all became Paul and his brother and then his uncle very good stockmen and they worked at that for a long long time and they received just a small wage enough to be able to to buy a few extra things that they might have needed from time to time and then when the uncle was well into his 70s the owner of the property that they had been working on said I think it's about time you all retired because you're working already longer than what most other white people retire at so I think you need to retire So they moved to the community of Jigalong. But then they thought, we don't want to sit around. They had never smoked. They had never used alcohol all their lives. And they were both, the three of them were, all very healthy and well still. And so the uncle, first of all, he went over to some of the government officials and asked if he could lease some land. And then Paul and his brother asked the same things and so they were allowed to lease some land and they went and went to the marketplace and they bought their own cattle and they set up their own fences and they ran their own little properties, these three men. And when I was last talking to them, Paul would have been in his late 80s and his uncle would have been in his late 90s by then, but still driving his old four-wheel drive out to his property and to look after the cattle and occasionally to to take some in a truck into the markets to sell them. So they kept well and strong because of of their work. Well, as they were out there droving one time, moving the cattle from one point to another, they saw a dingo and each of them carried a a, a rifle and uh, Paul had become a very good shot with his rifle and they said, shoot the dingo, Paul. And so Paul quickly lifted his rifle to his, to his shoulder and he fired the shot and uh, he thought it hit it because he hardly ever missed. And he saw the dingo jump a bit, but it kept running. And they said, you need to follow him because he'll eventually drop. If he's been hit, he'll eventually drop. So Paul tied his horse to a, to a little tree and then followed on foot, just carrying his big knife that they'd given him to put in a little sheath on his, on his belt. And eventually he could see the trail of blood where the dingo had been bleeding and eventually he found it, it had dropped, it had died. And so his job was to skin the dingo, they could use the skins for all sorts of things and then to bring the meat back that they could use for food. So he used his knife to skin the, the meat, to skin all, take all the skin off the dingo and to then, to, then to bring, cut off the meat appropriate to bring back for them to have around their campfire at night for food he didn't stop and think about because nobody had told him that once you've used a knife you need to keep washing it to keep it clean but the next day they were having food and he pulled out his nice knife from his sheath and and uh, began to um, cut up some of the meat that he was wanting to eat and he didn't realize it but he became poisoned by that and became all uncomfortable in the stomach and then sicker and sicker and sicker until they thought he was going to die. And so quickly somebody uh, radioed the ambulance and um, an ambulance picked him up and took him to the nearest little hospital. When he was taken into that room, Paul said it was the first time he'd ever been in a building. It was the first time he'd ever slept with a roof over his head. And he was so worried, he felt so trapped He felt like he was a prisoner in this little room. But then that night when he thought he was going to die, he all of a sudden saw a man walk into the room and it was the same man who he had seen years before as a little boy hanging on the cross, the same face, the same features, the same person who came into the room there, stood beside him and held him on the arm and said, Paul, you're going to be all right. I've touched you. You'll come through this, it'll be all right, don't be fearful. The next day Paul was feeling a lot better, and so they gave him a few medicines to take and, and they released him from hospital and he went back to his work. But as we sat outside his home on his veranda that day, he just said to me, You know, Pastor, God is so good. That again he came to visit me. He gave me a dream of himself when I was a little boy and now as a young adult. Now as an adult He has given me a picture of himself. He's come in person to my side and touched me. I just love God so very, very much. What a privilege to belong to God, he said. And I just agreed with him. And we had prayer there together on his veranda. And thank God then for his intervention and his presence with Paul all through his life. And we just wanted to thank God for his love and did so that day. You know, God is present with you every day if you want to have him there. He never pushes himself on you. He never ever forces himself there, but he just wants to invite you to be part of his life. So today, why don't you again just say, thank you, God, for wanting to be part of my life. I want you to be there. And invite him to take your heart and life. And I know God will be part of your life again today. God bless you, boys and girls, and look forward to seeing you, talking to you another time. Listening to Mission Stories for Kids with Uncle Gordon, a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.